All right, it is BMX Weekly Podcast. I'm down here at San Diego BMX, and I'm hanging out with Mr. Tyler Brown. How you doing, Tyler? Good, Dale. How about you, man? Thanks for having me on the podcast today. Yeah, thanks, man. We were chatting at the track a couple of days ago, and uh, he said, let's uh, let's do a podcast. So I've been doing a lot of old school stuff. I don't know how much you pay attention. I know you don't, because you're busy. Um, we're setting up a British BMX Hall of Fame in the UK. Yeah, I saw that. It so looks I, pretty cool. Yeah, it's really great. So I'm putting a lot into that. Been, I set up a whole different podcast uh, for that, so I've been doing a lot of stuff for this. So this is the first time, really, we thought we'd do a current one. We was chatting the other day just about what's going on in racing and scoop and stuff. So I'm like, you're the man to talk to. So thought we'd do a quick one. There we go. Let's get it going. All right. So it was the first World Cup, I guess, last weekend in Nashville. Yeah, big I, big weekend of BMX. We had the World Cup in Nashville. You had the pros. I'm sorry, the World Cup. You had Nashville going on, and then you had just a regular USA BMX National as well in Albuquerque. So three big races all over the world. Oh, Albuquerque, same weekend. Yeah, yeah. 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 Just one of my riders was over. I think what happened the year before for Nashville, it was so big. It was one of the biggest nationals in history. Mm -hmm. It was too big, so they put two nationals that same weekend to kind of split it up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I was talking a little bit um, about the numbers as well, because obviously with COVID and then after COVID, if it's even called after COVID, I don't after know. After COVID? <laughs> yeah. I'm still in COVID? Is it, what's <laughs> <Yeah>. COVID? <laughs> but anyway, I think everybody kind of knows by now. Numbers have gone up and everything, obviously, locally, yeah. nationally. Um, and you was telling me interesting with the obviously gas prices and stuff you was trying to yeah tell me maybe a little bit about all that stuff and your thoughts on it yeah it's super interesting right because now we're in if we do want to talk covid we were in a covid time for bmx i think of it it's just riding a wave right like we had this massive influx of riders because you had no other sports you had nothing else going on and i'll give usa bmx huge credit because they saw an opportunity there and they took advantage of it they said no we're going to stay open we're going to keep doing our thing and because of that we all benefited right we saw numbers through the roof whether it be the biggest nationals in history uh, local participation was up through the roof like i can't talk all over the country but here in san diego i was the only game in town so we had all these new riders come in which is great but now we're in a situation where other sports are going back again, other big events are happening, and are we seeing a decline? Gas prices are up, so it's gonna cost everybody more money to get to these places. So is participation down? That's gonna be the great question. We saw in Tulsa a couple weeks ago, there was only 200 motos, when I'm sure they were expecting probably closer to 400. I know locally I had a state race that numbers weren't quite what I expected it would be too. So I think everything is like a big wave, right? What co what goes up must come down. And I'm going to be really interested to see over these next couple of weeks, are things going down in BMX racing? That's a big question. Yeah. And grassroots seems like, because I, you know, again, me and you was talking about this after, I guess at the start of the year, you know, we'll, I had a, my best camp season ever last year. And obviously you're continuing to, your stuff is booming regular. Um, we thought, or I remember when I was talking to you, you thought you said it might dip a little bit. But yeah. Just on my signups and stuff this year, it looks like it's going to be a big one again, you know, and, and yeah, it seems I, like grassroots is really still still thriving, right? I think grassroots, I, I think we are seeing a little dip in participation this year to last year. Mm -hmm. But again, last year I was the only game in town. A lot of the other tracks, even in Southern California, California weren't all the way open. Yeah. So we're in a good spot last year. So I think we have the ability to do the same numbers we did last year, but mm -hmm. it's going to be more work to do the same amount of numbers. Right. It's kind of, it's kind of what, what I'm projecting. And I did see, I don't know about you, but like my spring break camp numbers are down a little bit yes yes but last year school wasn't open right so now we have school open so i kind of contribute the school stuff to spring break camps and stuff like that yeah uh but yeah man it's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens over these next couple months yeah no absolutely uh i guess we'll start with nashville then so did you 
watch much of the racing. I saw that Corbin won one day, Josh McLean the other day, and Elise Post was back racing. Yeah, you have you have a track that's set up for sprinters, and you have three very good sprinters that won. Yeah. So yeah. it doesn't surprise me that Elise won both days. I know she's a little bit on the comeback tour, but that track was made for Elise. It was made for her setup. She's a great sprinter, so doesn't surprise me that she won. I hope that my girl Delaney would have got in there a little bit more. She got seconds, right? Yeah, she got yeah. a second and a third, yeah. um, but Elise did great. And then as far as the men goes, even though this field wasn't huge, it still it was Corbin and Josh was like no surprise there on either one of those guys winning. Yeah, it makes sense. Corbin probably not going to the World Cup. Obviously, as you get older, you got to be a bit more tactical, and yeah. he's obviously a family man and stuff. So I can see why he wasn't in the uh, over in, in uh, Scotland for the first World Cup. But I thought the Josh might have been over there. Yeah, I'm, I think he's going to go to Poppendall. Yeah. But my my guess was from a situation like Josh is he really wants to go for the USA BMX title. Okay, it makes he, sense. He yeah. was right there last year, so it's a good way to go in and pick up a win, get a good solid score in, and then well, I'm not the main competition, but more of the guys are going to be over in Europe, so it's not quite as stacked of a race. Yeah, what's I don't know too much about him. I know he's in Florida. Yeah, and obviously he was up for the title last year. What? Why is he so good? I mean, he pulls down the first straight, doesn't he? He's a super strong guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, he's definitely he's like kind of like your old school meat head kind of guy right he's super strong i mean he can ride a bike too yeah but anything like that if you look at his bike setup it's really long and low like mm -hmm. it's set up just for for a sprint so nashville was one that would be good for him to win for sure yeah and did you real quickly we'll touch on uh the national that they had in tulsa um what was your thoughts on that and obviously the facility and everything you've been over there yeah yeah, yeah. yeah i yeah. went over there um towards the end of the year last year before yeah. the track was all the way completed just to kind of see the site and see what they were doing over there and everything like that I mean, the facility's amazing, man. It's so cool to see where BMX, how the how BMX has the ability to build a complex like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think we're all blown away when Rock Hill came out. Well, even way back, DeSoto. Yeah, yeah. Like, De yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, it's a huge one. Yeah, yeah DeSoto yeah, yeah. was a game changer back yeah, in the day. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And then we had Rock Hills, which was a game changer. And now mm -hmm. this Tulsa is just like, it's it's kind of like the dream facility. Yeah. And I think they're only building more there. It's only going to continue to expand with freestyle stuff and what they're going to do there. So it's going to kind of turn into the, the epicenter of BMX for what they do there with racing freestyle and stuff like that and they have beautiful office building they've got an amazing track so it's going to be really cool to see what happens over there over the next few years yeah cool cool all right well let's hit on uh, scotland what was your thoughts um you know i was a bit worried about the weather as anybody probably is that was definitely yeah. there and <laughs> no, me being an englishman and knowing even a little bit further north in scotland how the weather can get really bad, but it seemed like, you know, yeah. had decent weather and got some good racing in. It looked nice. I mean, everybody was cold and in jackets and stuff like that. But, I mean, overall, like, the, yeah. the, the place, the, the track looks really, really good. Everything looks good. So it's, they were saying really technical, right? A lot of the riders just seeing the social media and watching the, you know, obviously some crashes and stuff as well. Yeah, it looked pretty technical. It looks like it's just a typical Euro track. Not that it's uh, overly tech in any bad way. It's just that's how Europe builds their tracks. They're a little bit harder. Yeah. So I think for the American riders, it was for sure going to be on the more technical side. Yeah. I bet the European guys, they can handle it just fine. Um, it's kind of their on par track with what they ride over there. But for yeah. sure, any of the American guys that come over, we're going to struggle with it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And so I guess we'll start with the women. Uh, smallers look, yeah. Yeah, just unbelievable both days wins uh day one she won day two she passed uh beth down the last straight but how many times yeah. has smolders passed somebody else down the last straight a lot right yeah and it doesn't matter yeah. and this is nothing negative it doesn't matter if it, it was elise for a while it was felicia at the end of the last year you know it's uh -huh. she passed bethany like she just owns the second half of the track yeah she's so good on it yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, she, she really... But yeah. she can win from the hill. But I think what I like about Smolders is, like, 
She just knows that she's going to win. Mm-hmm. So she's cool. Like, if she's in second place, she's super calm and relaxed, and all she does is hit her lines, and the other girls know, oh, my gosh, she's coming. She's going to she's gonna pass me. She's going to pass me. Yeah. So she doesn't even have to do anything other than focus on herself, and she's good at it, and she's comfortable there. And she goes, hey, I'm just going to ride my line. I'm going to do my thing, and I'm probably going to pass you. Let's see what happens. <laughs> she's like the crafty vet, isn't she? She's yeah. been it so long, and these yeah. girls are probably still young and working it all out. A lot of them aren't they, you know? Dude, she's got 25 World Cup wins. Yeah, It's yeah. unreal. Yeah, good for her, it's man. It's awesome. That's cool. Uh, I really like uh, Zoe Klassen's... Me too. You know, just a style. And she reminds me, again, you're... I don't know how much you were paid attention to Can and Caroline Chasson. Yeah. Just the riding style and stuff when she was doing BMX. Yep. And uh, yeah, I just like just the way she rides the bike and stuff. And it seems like she's getting stronger and stronger all the time, right? I think we got a few standouts in the women's field. Obviously, Smolders. Yeah. Zoe. Yeah. And Bethany as well. I think those girls are all kind of stepping things up. You yeah. see on their social media, they're doing pro sections at their local track. Mm-hmm. That lap that Bethany did in Manchester, like, dude, I don't know if I can do that lap on a good day, especially anymore. Like, she... she you just these girls are stepping up the game to a new level, mm-hmm. so it's kind of fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. I guess then um, we'll talk about the guys first, and then we'll talk a little bit more about Team USA and stuff like that. Uh, guys, uh, the Colombian guy. That guy's again. I don't know too much about him. Abuelo. He's just strong, right? He's he's good on a bike. Okay. So I remember when I was working for Team USA, it was in Papandal a couple years back. Yeah. And I look over and I see this dude tap manualing the double on the Papandal Pro straightaway. I'm like, what the heck? Who is this guy? What is he doing? And he's just progressively gotten better and better and better and better over the year. I mean, yeah. he, because he's Colombian, he's just like, he's a little pit bull, right? He's a yeah. fighter around the track, but now he's getting hole shots now too. So he's going to be one to watch. Yeah, he was impressive, obviously, getting the win on Saturday. There's always Sylvain on the podium both days. Yeah. Second on Saturday, Kai White. Well, actually, Sylvain as well and Kai White both coming from like mid pack and coming Dude, into Dude, those guys were in dead last. They were in seventh and eighth. Yeah. That was two very impressive laps because mm-hmm. to watch those guys the way they came through the pack. And I think, same thing, like Kai, he's just riding on that local hype. And yeah. that guy's so fun to watch, man. I love yeah, watching him. Yeah, me too. Ride. Yeah. Yeah, that, absolutely. I think once. Um, he, you know, he's been doing a lot of busy media stuff. You know, he's on a TV show, uh, Dancing on the Ice in England over the winter. And obviously, just watching it on social media, you can tell he was busy doing all that. And I think now he gets a couple more races under his belt. So I think he's going to up it even more, you know. Yeah, I can't uh, wait to watch it. And uh, Sylvain, yeah, again, and like kind of like we said about Smolders, just just veteran, just confident. Uh, his track speed is so good, isn't it? And he loves to race. Right, like, yeah, I remember yeah, a couple yeah. years at Grands, we're talking, he's like, yeah, I wish we had three mains at every race. Right. Well, why? Because I just want to do more laps. That's so good. Yeah. And he's like, say, one of the older guys, you know yourself, as you get older, you're trying to do less racing, you're, yeah. you're, you're trying to, yeah, strategically, the way you do it, but like, he seems like he's still young and wants to just pull the throttle back, right? Yeah, he loves it. He loves it, and it's fun to watch, and he's good at what he does out there, and he's the same one that likes to put on a show where he likes to make the... I mean, I'm sure he personally would rather whole shot, yeah. but he does a good job of coming through the pack, and he's always up for a podium no matter what. Yeah, and Sunday, you got Jeremy Rincol. I can't yeah. how do you say the last I name. I think it's like Rincol. Yeah, but, but he, <laughs> known, it was injured last year, but uh, yeah, start to finish, and then obviously big crashes in that... Second one, uh, Sylvain coming through for second again. Well, Renquel, like I think he's been on the cusp of a World Cup win a couple times. Yeah, I know he's led, and I know I think Connor passed him at a World Cup a couple years ago. Yeah, he's been right there. He's a super nice guy. I think everybody wants to see him finally win. Right. So it was good to see him do it. But dude, that main was unreal. You had out of the eight riders, six of them crash, mm-hmm. but not in the same crash. So you had three separate crashes throughout uh-huh. the track. Yeah. And even your podium guy, Isaac, who yeah. got podium, he front flipped. Yeah. Like he was yeah, on yeah, the yeah. ground and walked across the line for a podium. Right. He could have either got stretched off as well, couldn't he? Oh, you, absolutely. You know? But I think that was 
Another guy who's been silver so much lately, mm-hmm. Isaac is second, second, second. He recently got his first USA BMX win in Tulsa, mm-hmm. and he's right there. And I think he wanted that win so bad, he was just pushing the limits and just nipped the top of a roller, probably just searching for extra backside to try to make a pass. Yeah. And on a technical straightaway like well, that. Well, he was gaining. Over. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, he was right there. Yeah, he's a, he's, a, he's a, again, he, I know they say that um, the mongoose kid, Cam, yeah, is everybody says he rides like Sam and he does, Absolutely. but I but I think Isaac does as well. Yeah, kind of reminds me little, of Sam a little bit in there as well, Sam you know, influence. just that charge, you know. So I think Cam rides like Sam so much, like Sam's his coach or was his coach or yeah. whatever. And I think, like I know, growing up, Cam Wood looked up to Sam a bunch. Right. So it's kind of like me with Tomas Allier. Right. I watched every bit of Tom, Tomas Allier and I wanted to be like him. Uh-huh. So I think Cam does too. And now he's in the Troy Lee kit and switching colors like Sam. So yeah. He just looks the exact same out there. Yeah. No. No. It was uh, yeah impressive from uh, yeah the 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 um, Isaac. I just yeah it seems like he's he's top three every race. And then after reading. Uh, what Nick said, like he's kind of it seemed like he's burnt out already, or it's been a lot of travel and stuff. And he sat it out in in um, last weekend in Scotland. Um, seems yeah. like the Isaac Ken is in the, in a good spot for for the USA BMX title as well. At least seems like he's going to carry on on the train on that. You know. Yeah, I think so. I think he's in a good spot up for it. He's got a ton of silver, so he's a ton of good scores. He's got to win now. So that title, I think, is going to be international. It'll be. I hope that. I hope that Neek is able to come back and throw his hat in the ring. I was talking to him when he was out in Tulsa, and he yeah. said that he was interested in it, but then didn't get the results that he wanted in Tulsa. Um, Sylvain seems to be over here a ton, so I think that USA BMX title is going to be a real international But I year. think Isaac will have the advantage by living here. Absolutely. And I think that's, I don't know why Joris, you know, he was going to do the back and forth thing. Nick's obviously, I, I did the back and forth thing. And, and it, hard, ab- huh? it absolutely, it sounds easy. Oh yeah, yeah, you won two races a month and I can go back. It, it's just the jet lag and just doing it regular. And then you can add on the travel. It's obviously a lot harder now than it was 20 years ago. So And then leaving your family too. Yeah, you yeah. your family with, you gotta be FaceTiming your family and Joris is about to have baby number two soon. Yeah. And trust me, that's a whole other ball game. <laughs> yeah. So it'll be interesting to see if he's able to get over here the way he wants to, or what kind of his plans are. Yeah, no, absolutely. All right, you're in the in the in the depth of it, and you're you're in the scoop on everything. Team USA, what's your thoughts on their first World Cup weekend? Uh, it was a rough one, man. Yeah, yeah, it was a rough World Cup for Team USA. I know that they've got a lot of younger kids over there with the U23. I don't think any of them. Maybe one of them made the quarters one day. Um, so that was a hard one, I'm sure, for, for the U23 guys. Elite men, USA is going to continue to rely on the cams. Cam Wood, Cam Larson. Mm-hmm. I think Larson was in the quarters one day, and Wood got to semis, if I'm correct. And then Felicia was there. She's on her comeback race. She made semis, mm-hmm. but I don't think she made it final either day. But we'll cut Felicia a little slack. Like I said, she raced one race. The only race she raced before this was Tulsa. So she's a little bit on the comeback tour, and I'm sure Felicia, she'll be right back where she needs to be. But I think on the women, Team USA is doing good. But on the men's side, it's going to continue to struggle a little bit. Yeah, yeah. What about uh, Papandel coming up, obviously, next week? Or by the time we posted this, it'll be a few days before. Um, any more? Is like Corbin going? Or I know you said Delaney's going, right? Yeah, Delaney's yeah. over there already right now. Uh, but same thing, kind of like young versus old, right? Corbin's mm. been to Papandel so many times. And not, not old, young young versus experienced. Right. Don't call Corbin old, young versus experienced. Yeah. Corbin's been over there a ton, so he knows that track. He knows what to do. He can probably fly in last minute and do what he's got to do. Delaney, on the other hand, she needs to be there early. All those younger kids, they need to be there early. They need to ride the track yeah. because they're going over to a place where in Europe, everybody's been riding that track and they know what to do. So it's going to be interesting for Team USA. I think Team USA is going to continue to struggle for a little bit. 
Um, and that's just due to the system that's in place here in, within USA. USA Cycling doesn't have a development program and what they do to help those riders, what they do is they rely on third-party entities to farm out the future team. And what I mean by that is a USA BMX or something like that to put on these races for the talent to emerge. And once the talent is there, then they're gonna snag the talent up once they're already good. Or they rely on those riders to find their own private coaching and things like that. Well, for a group that isn't prepared for international events, that's very hard to understand what that level is. Mm -hmm. So it's gonna be difficult road ahead for the men and for those that don't already have the proper coaching and proper proper staff set in place. Yeah. I know that's like a lot to take in, right? Yeah, no, I get that's it. That's a lot yeah, that yeah, I said, yeah. but there's, there's a lot to unpack there in what USA as a whole is doing result-wise and why they're doing it. And they don't really have an official coach at the moment, right? No, nothing at the moment. I know that they've put out um, job openings and they're asking for jobs. And I know there's a few guys that have kind of helped from time to time. I know they've relied on some of the, the fellow vet class. Um, Jeff Upshaw was at a camp they did in Tulsa a month ago. I know Barry was there a couple weeks ago. It sounds like Barry might be going out to Poppendall as well. So hopefully Jamie's able to utilize those guys in their experience. But there's a difference in like a race day coach and a long-term development program, mm -hmm. right? And it's great to have guys like Jeff and Barry in their corner to be able to help them kind of on the race day. Yeah. But there's a lot that happens between race days. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. So. Yeah. Do you think um, they should have somebody from another country? Or is there, I don't know. They, is it the coaches? It seems like a lot of the, the ones that have done the last 10 years are kind of moved on and, and, and kind of done with it now is it like a, any new breed coaches coming through or here's the thing who yeah yeah, right? yeah. Like, well here's the problem and again i used to work for them so i know like yeah when you when you they don't pay very much so it's going to be a low-paying job and people are going to go like uh i don't i don't even know if he'd want to work for him right we'll give tori as tori nyhog an example yeah he's kind of your up-and-coming new coach yes right? yes you're right so we'll yeah. give him an example yeah tori goes i can deal with and he didn't say this i'm just using him as an example I can deal with all the politics of working for an NGB, mm -hmm. or I can just be my own personal private coach. I'm gonna probably make more money being my own private coach. I can do what I want, when I want, how I want, mm -hmm. and I don't really have to answer to anybody. Or you can go the, the national route and coach a national team, and there's tons of politics you gotta deal with, meetings, all the other garbage that comes with it. <laughs> yeah. So who are you gonna have coach? Like realistically, if the field is open right now, it's like Dale, anybody, who would coach Team USA? That's a great question. I don't know. I don't have an answer to that. No, no. So, and I don't, I, I don't think USA Cycling has an answer to that either because nobody's in that position. And the good ones that we do kind of know or the known ones are yeah, either in Europe or Australia or... Yeah, but the, yeah, but yeah. those good ones, yet again, like, they're, they're not, not going to deal with no, politics. No, they've got kids and stuff. And they're going to go, yeah, I'm going yeah. to make more money doing my own thing yeah. and I can do what I want, when I want, how I want. Yeah. So it's going to be... Uh, I don't know if the position's going to be filled. So long term, it's going to be a tough road for uh, USA like... I think you know, I think rebuild. it's going to be solely dependent on the individual rider mm -hmm. to come up with their own personal performance program that they need, and it's going to have to be self-funded, self-directed, and self-done. Yeah, that's tough. And like I say the guys and girls aren't making too much money these days, you know. So yeah. So then it's hard like, to yeah, invest. Yeah. It's hard to invest in a serious coach who's going to take it serious. Mm. It's hard to be able to have that coach at the World Cup. Um, and everything like that. So it'll be interesting to see what happens over the next couple of years. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, all right, let's switch gears a little bit. I guess any other takeaways from the World Cup that you saw or? Uh, yeah, I mean, the French team yeah. killed it like we talked about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, In the U23, I think they got first through fifth. Granted, there were some little crashes, but the French team killed it. You had Sylvain on the podium. Mm -hmm. uh, Rinkuel took the win. Um, some of those highlights there. It'll be, hopefully, it'll be interesting to see what happens with the Dutch guys, being that it's in Papendal this weekend. It's her next 
whenever this airs, you know, yeah, it's coming yeah. up here soon. I'll get it out before, yeah. So the, the Dutch team will obviously be in full force. Um, and I think it's Colombia is right where they need to be as well. So those are kind of your key players are the Dutch team, the French team, the Colombian team. And, uh, I mean, fingers crossed, hopefully Corbin goes over and can make something happen and, or one of the cams can jump in there on the men's side and get in the, get in the final too. The under-23 is, I think it's a New Zealand guy, uh, Rico. Oh, Rico Bierman, yeah. yeah he he's won, the man. Yeah, yeah, he seems a nice kid. Yeah, you had Speedco yeah, yeah. on the podium. You had Speedco in the win. They won U23. Yeah. And uh, they had Isaac on the box too. So Rico's a good kid. He's he was actually made elite men in Tulsa. And he's living out here, right, with, with, yeah. in Vegas with them guys? Yeah, yeah I think yeah. so. I think yeah. he's staying with them and training with them. So, yeah. but, but so what you have going on there is the same kind of thing we talked about earlier with kind of their own personal performance program, right? Mm-hmm. And it's been happening in USA through the years, whether it be – whether it be all your top guys, Connor, Corbin, Elise, like all the top riders over the years have set up their own performance, their own development program. Yeah. And you kind of have that going on right now over in Vegas with, with Rico. You have Connor there. Whether And I have no idea if Connor's there just hanging out being a buddy or if he's helping in any capacity. I don't know. Um, but they're all coached by Sean Dwight. And uh, it looks like Rico might be in the mix as well. And when you have that and you have those riders, um, Asuminakai, another one over there. That yeah, you I like him. Yeah, yeah, he's really good. He's yeah, the yeah, man yeah. super, super good on good a bike. Good in Tulsa he was, yeah. But you could put a group like that that all had the same goals, but they're at different levels. And mm-hmm. they're just going to continue to push each other. And that's I think that's why you're seeing a good little group of those guys coming out and doing their thing lately. Yeah, yeah. Scoop on Connor. What I did here, I think a lot of people already kind of knew. We can see him on social media is riding again, whether that transitions into some races and stuff but uh, I think a lot of people know he wants to he wants to be agent right yeah and just the latest I heard is going to be I don't know he's his mentor uh Christian Craig's uh it's going to be his agent for him oh we got a little scoop that's today. unofficial I did ask Pete and he didn't didn't respond obviously he never does uh but that's what I did. <laughs> come on Pete reply yeah. back to us yeah yeah so that's a little scoop I I heard on that um oh cool and uh, that's like I don't know I don't I haven't talked to Connor so I don't know any official scoop either but I know he's always talked about being an agent yeah he works close with his agent as well so it's kind of makes sense that and he does work with Christian as far as being his mental coach and mm. Christian's actually a former BMXer and he used yeah. to ride out here at San Diego BMX where we're here doing the podcast he yeah. he started out here so yeah I think it's a good fit and allows Connor to build that relationship and keep doing his thing and staying within action sports industry yeah i'm pretty sure christian was on uh haro like when he's a real little kid yeah 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 yeah. donovan's team yeah whether that was haro or not at the time i think he rode for the phantom on track team yeah yeah yeah. that's cool it's cool to see him doing so good in 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 supercross and obviously motocross last week he got third so yeah in the 450 class yeah straight onto the podium good stuff uh i'm trying to think what else is there anything else we can chat about i guess what do you see on social media I, i like you know i asked you about being the old guy and trying to keep somewhat relevant you know being in, still involved in the bmx and i always like to look at what you do and ask you questions and stuff um what's your thoughts on i don't know uh, pros social media riders what are we seeing too much of you know <laughs> how, what do we not need to see or what do we how, they, how they could be better what you know sponsors and stuff you're really good at all that stuff so good it's, to all, it's all about the reels man it's all about the instagram reels, reels. <laughs> yeah. uh, no i think social media is getting good you're you're getting some of the guys that like you can tell they have whoever it is they have a good camera they're bringing it out they're filming more you've got your guys that do really really good stuff like Eddie Clarte um Mathis Richard he does really really good he rides for Rich over yeah it's good style yeah yeah yeah, yeah, he he can ride a bike he's really good at filming Florent Boot I think he reminds me of Florent Boot yeah absolutely yeah yeah yeah, yeah. none of the new school kids that even know who that is no who's that yeah Yeah. no I loved watching that guy ride he would Mm. come over when he was riding for Diamondback yeah you just probably around them and I would watch him and Allier and they would just do the most ridiculous stuff yeah it was so fun he was really good uh his track speed one year in in Europe just before Afro Bob 
uh, made the full move out here, it would be always Florent Boot and Afro. You, you know, Afro Bob was a very smart rider. Yeah. Track. But those two guys would battle for all the European races. And a lot of the time, Florent Boot would pass Afro Bob, which okay. not many people did that. And Afro Bob was, you know, still at his, 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 the height of his career. Yeah. But I think when Florent Boot came here, he wasn't very good out the gate. Yeah. And I think when he got here, and I see him at Orange sometimes on a, you know, midweek, he'd be frustrated because, you know, you know, it's like Orange, like... If you you, you got to be pulling. Yeah, you got to be pulling or it's a very frustrating night. Yeah. Uh, but I think Florent Boot was a, still a very good rider. He made some world mains. Um, you know, won European Championships, but he didn't quite have that one, two, three that you needed, you know, here. But if he did, I think he could have been even better than he was. No, I think, yeah, yeah. correct me if I'm wrong, because you were that guy that came over, right? Mm. I think you look at the country, look at the world as a whole. Mm. I think Australia was known for their power. Yes. Europe was known for their skill. Mm -hmm. And USA riders were known for their racing. Yes. Because I think we in America, we had with the USABX Nationals, we would put such a heavy emphasis on competition mm -hmm. that it made us good racers. Mm -hmm. Then you guys from Europe would come over with your skills that made you very good around the track, mm -hmm. uh, but not as good out of the gate. Right. And then you had the Australian guys that I think still struggled with their gates, but, but strong, like, yeah. dude, if you can get, if you can let one of those guys open up, like watch out, they're going to win in the first turn. I agree. Yeah. And so you had a guy like that who was tons of skill and so good on the track. But mm -hmm. when you come over here and you combine it with the Americans, the Australians, and even the Europeans who figured out the gate in first straightaway, mm -hmm. it's got, it had to be hard. Yeah especially if your local track's orange, you know? Yeah. Uh, that was, yeah, some, some good, me and you were chatting about that earlier, just so, so the sessions were just unbelievable. You it know, was, from, it was yeah. kind of like the, what, what Chula Vista was, and then now Florida is now. Yeah. You kind of had those pockets, and I came over here to California when I was like 16, and just, I just followed you guys around like puppy dogs, like, mom, they're gonna go to Sheep Hills, can you take me to Sheep right. Hills? <laughs> mom, they're going to Orange, they're going to Ontario, I wanna go ride. Yeah. So I was that kid in the background that like, if gate seven was open, like I was in the gate. Right, yeah, I mean, it was the same for me when I first came here, it's just, it was so exciting to be there and, and seeing everybody. Yeah, and absolutely. for me, it was the guys I'd saw in the magazines and just, uh, yeah, same thing as like, I would look, where's Eric Carter, where's Matt Hayden, I just wanna get on the gate with him, yep. and I wanna see if I can get, you know, absolutely. you just wanna be part of it, you know, so. Um, it was, yeah, so unfortunately, that the, the orange days. Did you ever hear anything? They were trying to do anything down at Orange County again? Or? Um, yeah, I, for a couple of years, supposedly, yeah. there's a track going up. So oh, okay. Supposedly, in, in Irvine, basically, long story short, is there's a big housing development that's going to be built per housing development regulations. you got to have a certain amount of open space and stuff for the community. Mm -hmm. Supposedly, a BMX track is going to go there, mm -hmm. um, but it's been supposedly going to be there for the last couple of years. So yeah. that is the rumor. It would be in a prime spot because it's going to be right where the 405 and the 5 split, yeah. which would be, I mean, a super spot. It'd be like an orange Y, essentially, yeah. right there off the freeway. So, not too far out of the way from here, really. No, no, yeah, probably not too far. Yeah, so it'd be interesting to see if that comes up, but I think it would fill a massive hole that's kind of in the... Southern California BMX right now. You got a big triangle. You have like Bellflower up in LA, you have Lake Paris out east, then me down south here in San Diego, but kind of nothing to fill in that triangle in the middle. Yeah, cool, cool. Oh, no, one thing I did want to want to say, shout out to my buddy over in Scotland, uh, Kenny Hunter, who is a old school BMXer, been around, same age as me, been around a very long time, um, but a very good photographer. So he wanted to shoot pictures. He always goes to whenever there's something in Scotland I wanted to shoot pictures, so he wanted to, um, to get his credentials, he needs to be, you know, attached to a, some kind of media. So obviously I've got bmxweekly.com where I basically just, you know, I've got Facebook, Instagram, and, and what basically a place to put the podcast and just post that I enjoy posting. Um, so he's, could, he, could he use BMX Weekly? So he did, and he shot some great pictures. He wrote some little reports and captions. Nice. So just, yeah, if anybody's listening to this, check out BMX Weekly Facebook, um, and the Instagram is bmxweekly.com. 
And uh, yeah, Kenny's put some, yeah, I posted it up, but basically Kenny did all the work. He shot the pictures, he got some great stuff from- It looked really good. Yeah, yeah, really good quality photos from the World Cup and uh, did some good, um, you know, he's like us, he's just in depth and he loves to talk about it. He wrote some really cool captions and insight on some of the riders. So anybody wants to see that, check it out. And I uh, appreciate Kenny for doing that, it was really cool. Yeah, his pictures look good, man, he did a good job. Is he gonna go to Poppendaller or go to No, it's the only one, no. Just it's one just, stop shop. Yeah, yeah, he's a working man and nice. stuff, but uh, I think if anybody ever does need, you know, especially more in Europe, needs a photographer or something, and I don't even know if Kenny wants to freelance or anything, but he's just a good guy to say, because he can write the captions as well, you know? Most yeah. people either do, you know, I can write captions, but I can't take pictures, right. you know? And, and, and so I was, you know, looking to source pictures and stuff when I've got guys doing different stuff, but Kenny like shoots pictures, he's old school, so he knows the old school, you know, thing as well. And he's, he's totally, yeah, it was just, you know, he's talking about the French junior girl that won um, she won the Worlds last year in junior, and I mm. guess this was her first elite race. He just explained all that in a couple of posts. Awesome. Yeah, it was really cool. So, Very cool. yeah, check it out. What, um, yeah, I guess we were talking a little bit about media, social media and stuff. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe a few more thoughts on that. And... Yeah, no, like uh, we kind of touched on it a little bit with like, I think you're starting to see more and more, everything's looking good, right? Like some mm. somebody's got a good camera. Yeah. It's floating around. They're starting to look a little bit more pro. Yeah. Um, so I think now BMX just has to continue to find their niche of what it's going to be. I think all the riders do right what is that niche gonna be yeah um, is it gonna be cool riding videos is it gonna be race stuff mm. uh, I think right now it's at least it, at least we're veering away from the iPad coach videos right, right yeah, it, yeah, which, yeah. Which, you know it is what it is right you're taking what you can yeah, get yeah uh, but it's kind of switching a little bit from the iPad coach videos like hey yeah. let me snag that video so I have something to post right and stuff's looking good so it, it, yeah. it makes the BMX racers look good and but BMX it's 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 all we've got to continue to create our image right mm -hmm. and and if that image is on social media we've got to continue to make racing look cool yeah the cooler that it looks the more audience it's going to bring in because maybe out of my fifty thousand instagram followers maybe i have some kids that never heard of bmx racing but they just think it looks cool mm -hmm. the more the pros can do that across the board the more marketing and promo it's going to be and the more it's going to get kids out on bikes the more kids that are on bikes means the more bikes that are sell selling and the more that those pros have potential to make money so it all feeds into the ecosystem and we all play our part in that ecosystem so it just uh hopefully everybody continues to do their thing but you do have a few guys that are doing some really cool stuff like i want i like watching their videos too yeah yeah i think i obviously it's changing all the time and i've gone to change my little thing with the writers i sponsor and some of the younger kids and amateur kids i sponsor you know before it's trying to get out so many photos and stuff and, and and stuff at the races but now i'm trying like quality so okay don't worry about posting stuff too much but just when you do make sure it's a good picture you it's not just a you know a caption and a, and a hashtag like try and put a bit of a story behind your picture and just make it good quality you know with some something to read you know and so say it's before it seemed like everybody would just blasting that stuff out you know those first few years of it yeah i think social media has changed over the years and social media mm. is different right you mm. can do different stuff on different social media like you can on an instagram story put whatever the heck you want yeah you can put you and a selfie talking around and yeah. like and, and whatever you can put a photo of your dog on your insta story yeah you can't do that on your instagram posts anymore because, no and that and that's just how instagram has affected life because instagram you only show the cool stuff you know mm -hmm. what i mean or whatever it's just how it is and yeah you're right you want to put out that good quality stuff that people like and i think especially for the pro riders like we talked about it, it does have a, affects our image on the track but um it's just it's just different different things on different social medias and 
you can I don't know if anybody uses Snapchat anymore. I don't, but that was kind of like. But the TikTok, old... I don't do TikTok, but you're pretty big on there, right? Yeah, yeah, following. yeah. TikTok, yeah. like same thing. Like you got to, I think that's a combo of everything. That you got to keep putting stuff you're out. You still doing it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. do it as much as I should. I probably should because I've got like a ton of followers on there, but I yeah. don't. But that that one I think is still quantity because that one is like it's almost like a lottery. Which one is going to hit on TikTok? Mm-hmm. So you just got to put more and more videos out. And because sometimes not even the good quality ones, they don't even care. It's just like a quick iPhone clip with the right song at the right time, and it'll blow up on there. Right. Yeah. The algorithm seems like what I what I just again I'm not on there, but when I listen and read and listen to podcasts, the algorithm's better for for reach, right? Yeah, I think it's just it's just for my for my experience, it's mm-hmm. been a little bit like a lottery. Like you just keep putting stuff out, yeah. And one random video is gonna hit and blow up, and that could be a random video of your dog doing whatever. It could be a really cool video of you riding. Right. Doesn't really like I've got a gate start video that's a slow mo gate that's got like thirty million views on there. Oh my god! Yeah. And then if you put like an actual cool video together, it gets like a thousand. Yeah, yeah. It's so strange how it works. Are there like brands and stuff on there? Are they? Are we? Yeah. No. Yeah. T- t- I mean, TikTok's full blown now. I mean, it's it's as big as any other social media. Like, obviously, I think Instagram's still the biggest one, but um, TikTok, I think it's it's. Like I'll be mixed brands on there, or I don't think so as much. Probably not, but again, because yeah. it, it takes a little bit of time and it takes yeah. a little bit of effort, and I don't think any BMX brands. I don't BMX brands are in like a weird spot right now because it, it's like what the hard part is, is bikes are so hard to get. Mm-hmm. Like what do, what do BMX brands have to sell right now? Like what's their motivation? And I'm not bagging on anybody. I'm literally asking like like it's got to be hard to sponsor pros and do all this promo and all this stuff and know that you've got nothing to sell. Yeah. And as soon as stuff does come in, it goes right back out. So you're spending all this money and although your bikes are selling, which is great, um, what, what are you marketing? What's the promo behind it? Because you know that you're not going to have any bikes to sell for six months. Yeah, true. You know what I mean? So I think right now BMX is kind of like whatever comes in sells because that's all it is. And then it's going to just, whatever comes in next, will just sell because that all it is. And that's from, tires to complete bikes like like tioga i know they struggle to get some tires in sometimes and anything that goes in goes straight out yeah so now people need tires they're looking at well, what brand is next and it's not really what brand is the best they go what brand is in stock mm-hmm. and that's the kind of ecosystem that we're living in with bmx racing right now is you just get product based on what's what's in stock and what's available yeah no, yeah they're, they're different times for sure um, I guess finishing it off, what's on the horizon for you? You talked about, but you know, you, you on and off with doing your own little podcast over the years, aren't you? So maybe get back on that a little bit. Yeah, I got to figure out what's next. I yeah. mean, I think I've got a lot of ideas in my head of what I'd like to do. Yeah. Um, I th- this year, I don't know if I've officially announced it. I don't. I'm obviously not going to be going for the title this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, with with baby number two, and we've got a lot going on here in San Diego. Mm-hmm. I think my time is just better spent here at the track here in San Diego. I think I can offer BMX mm-hmm. more here on a local level than I can winning races and not to sound jaded i race vet pro i don't race elite men mm-hmm. and there's not much difference between two three four or five vet pro titles mm-hmm. if i was elite men like doing what joris does and going for a record breaking amount of titles like yeah that's unreal and he's the man and yeah. changing the game of the sport right i just think i'm better in a spot now where i can be more productive here at home doing stuff here so i i want to go still to a couple races and make sure i'm out there and people know that i'm still dabbling a little bit yeah but at the same time if i'm not able to put my best foot forward i don't want to go and just little man's been sick a bunch at the beginning of the year and some other stuff like that so i haven't been able to train the way i wanted to so yeah we'll see what we can do toward the second half of the year and get a few races in and stuff like yeah, that yeah i mean you are the energizer bunny i mean i've never seen a hard working guy <laughs> more than you, you just even then you just social medias like you're posting and the track social media and like I mean, you do non-stop, so I'm surprised you even have 
thoughts to even be able to go to a race, you know? And that's where yeah. I think I'm better spent here and what yeah. we can do here. The community here is massively growing. I've got some really cool ideas for some future events that I want to do out here. And so I have the opportunity where I can kind of, something's got to give, right? It's mm-hmm. either um, my racing, my track, or my family. Mm-hmm. Um, something has to slow down. And I'm not gonna let my family slow down. Yeah. And I think I'm better served here making sure that the tracks do cool stuff. Yeah. And so I think it's just time for my racing to take a little step back. It's not to say that I'm going anywhere. I'm still gonna be massively part of BMX and what we do here. I'm just not gonna be at 20 nationals this year. Yeah, is there so. a Masters at the Worlds this year? Do they, they yeah, I'm sure there is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know who's gonna go. I think it'll be, it'll be good because we've got a lot of newer riders in the Vet Pro class, even here in the USA. Mm-hmm. The Vet Pro class has a ton of new riders, so. It'll be cool to see what happens, and hopefully USA can go over. Maybe Barry will go, and he could bring it. I wonder if Barry is going. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it would make sense that he would. Yeah, it'd be good for him to go. Yeah, get a, get a world title. I think that is, you know, I, myself. You're always excited. Those a year, two years, you can give it, you know, give it a year or two, and then it kind of like turns normal. I, it did for me, and I kind of felt the same watching Christian a little bit when he did it, and then. You got, I, 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 I came in and like, okay, this is kind of easy and it's fun. I can half pass yeah. everything and still yeah. get the worst I'm going to get the weekend is the first and the second, yeah. you know? And then I saw, and then Ken Fallon comes in and I was like, oh fuck, I got to train. I got to race Ken Fallon, you right. know? And then, so he burned it out for me by being really good and having to battle with him. So, uh, I did that for a couple of years and then I think, um, Javier and Pole Camp maybe was next. Yeah, they did a Fallon, great job. No, Fallon and... I think Pole Camp and Javier did the same to Fallon. Fallon like, oh, this is easy. I win every race now. Yeah. And then Pole <laughs> Camp and Javier burned him out coming in and like, I can't beat these guys. So yep. he disappeared. And then obviously Javier and Pole Camp had a couple of years, uh, probably a few more. And then Christian came in and probably made them think, oh God, got, we can still compete and win with him, but it's yeah. a lot of work. And then you came in and Christian probably, oh God, I don't want to deal with Tyler. I'm out. <laughs> it's <laughs> and a, it's a lot. And it's a, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. For, for me though, it was yeah. more so, it was more so like, uh, the fans didn't want to see me win anymore. Right. You know right. what I mean? And not, and and that kind of goes with that cycle, right? Yeah. When I first came in, yeah, I was the man. Everybody wanted to see me win because right. they're sick of Christian, and I was the fresh new toy. Right. We, me and Christian had some really good races. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I was at Grands, like, still like the leading guy, like up for like the number one, going in with the title, yes. up for the next title. Yeah, yeah. And everybody's like, "Yeah, Barry, we want Barry to right. win. Barry's yeah. gonna win." <laughs> and I still won the title that year. Right. But everybody wanted Barry to win. Yeah. And right then I'm kind of like, ah, you know what? Like it's it's my time. Dude. Yeah. It's my time. It's Barry's time. Not yes. that it's my time. Yes. It's Barry's time, and mm-hmm. it's it's those guys' turn and. It's totally a cycle thing, and yes. that was it more for me rather than the training, because I still enjoy training. I coach a couple pros, yeah. so it makes it easy for me to kind of stay in the mix. Yeah, and uh, I'm de- I'm extremely afraid of getting dad bods. So right, yeah. So yeah. my training was a way for me to stay fit and stay in shape. Yeah, but I think the the fans in quote the fans wanted to see the next person win. Yeah, and I've done it for three. I had three titles now, and so it's time for the next guy to go get a couple more. Yeah, uh, Barry, I think is a great fit for that. He does a ton of social media. He's super active with what he does online. Uh, he can ride mountain bikes. He can ride BMX. So Barry's a great fit to, to do it for the next couple of years. So I, I hope that he does it. And I hope that he runs with as much success as he wants until the next guy comes in and makes it happen. I just listened to his podcast on Beers and Bullshit, which is Kalen Young and uh, Bruce Morris do a podcast. If anybody listening doesn't know, Australian, definitely worth listening to. I did one about a month ago with them guys, and they just had Barry on. But, yeah, he's into it. Yeah, you can yeah. tell he's, he's training. I think he even, yeah, it seemed like from listening to that podcast, is even – uh, working with Sean Dwight, you know? Oh, so, is he? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so Barry's really hungry. Yeah, it, but, Barry, yeah, but yeah. it's like, when you come straight from 
elite to, to it's vet. fun you deserve it as well it's like, it's, this is great yeah, yeah well two yeah. things like number number one a you do yeah. you do deserve it because yeah. like like myself example like i put in like over 10 years of racing. Yeah, and it's miserable at the end. I don't know anybody that leaves, yeah. maybe Stumpy, but everybody else, like, the end of AA is not fun. You're like, why am I doing this? I've got to make the main. I'm not making money. What's next in Absolutely. life? Absolutely. So when you've got over that and you're out of that and took that, you know, I think Nick Long's in that thing now. You make more money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You do yeah. struggling AA, so right. it's kind of like your retirement package. Yeah, it is. Yeah, a little severance. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like for my decade yeah. of uh, fifth places, I yeah. at least could go make a little money these next few years. And still be part of it, you know? But in that respect, it's very easy to transition into still train like you were as elite mm -hmm. and that speed is going to transfer over for years to come yeah and it's easy like um, barry is in a great spot because his family gets to go with him at all these races yeah so barry really barry and even like a mosquito like they get to train full-time double a pro yeah you know what i mean like that's all they do and i think upshaw's the same all mm. upshaw is just bmx he does he has his own team he mm -hmm. coaches he does clinics and stuff like that mm -hmm. so you have a group of these guys that don't have regular nine to five jobs that have done an awesome job of finding their niche in the sport yeah so that's why they're super fast because they're like i mean they're training like like they were in double a yeah i know you know so they're still quick and i don't think that they can compete in any in double a nothing against any one of those guys just elite men is so much faster mm -hmm. but they still have that ability to train like that and have that race mentality and understand what it's like so that's why you're seeing a little group like Emilio Faya, the same thing. He just turned a few of those guys who don't do anything but BMX all the time still. So. And Kalen seems like he started racing again a little bit. And like, I think, I, again, he's in Australia, so it's a little bit harder for him. But if the world's maybe the next couple of years, we'll see Kalen. Yeah. That would be kind of cool as well, you know? Kalen would be a great guy. Yeah, that yeah. If he were to come over here, he would jump straight into that mix. Yeah. He'd be one of those straight, but same motivation, right? Mm. He's removed from a few years. He's mm. obviously super talented on a bike. You give Kalen a good sprint routine and get him back out on the track, and he would be up there battling in front in, in Vet Pro, no problem. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Well, cool. Yeah. Anything else we need to touch on, Tyler? Oh uh, man, I don't, I don't think so. I think we. Uh, what's your pick for the World Cup in Poppinol? What are you calling, Dale? Oh man, I didn't even think about that one. I mean, I guess if Kimman races again, I know he had that. You know, he just said Bernard Anderson tied, but I'm. Would think I don't he, even know if he's racing. I would think he would when he. Hollands. Yeah, you would. Yeah. I think he's on a plane to to another part of the world right now. I did see him. Yeah, yeah I see that. He's yeah. burnt out, but he's. So, yeah. So, but yeah. I, I don't. I don't know if Kimman. I don't know if Neek's going to be in Gate Eight. That might lead. Right. To my question is, is if Neek doesn't race, do they just block off Gate 8 completely? Right. They might have to just completely That's block off. That's really a Gate 8. That, like, Maris was well, Gate 8 there as well. Only seven yeah. guys can be in the main, because if Neek was there, he'd be in Gate 8. Right, right. So, uh, I don't know who we're going to see. I think, obviously, on the women's side, you're going to see the same girls that we talked about. Yeah. Smolders is going to be hunting for the win, whether it be from the gate or to the finish line. Mm -hmm. Bethany is going to lay down a ton of power. Zoe's going to be in the mix. The same girls that were there last weekend are going to be... Men's is a field that there is no way. Well, you shape give or second form. and third to Sylvain for sure. Yeah, put yeah. <laughs> put him on the box. But there's too many guys to mm -hmm. count. Like there's literally like, like not to be rude, I wouldn't have called Arbaleto for a win last weekend. No, I would say he's definitely a main event guy. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have guessed that he was going to hole shot, and now he's a hole shot guy, so he can do it there. Uh, the Dutch guys, it's their local track. They're going to be riding. Uh, your guy Kai White, perfect track for him. Ross Cullen is another kid that's coming up. The British rider, I don't know if you pay, him, yeah. pay attention to him much. Seems like I don't think for the win, but he's starting to get in the, a couple of mains here and there, and he's getting. I think in the next couple of years, he's gonna yeah start to creep into some mains and maybe grab some podiums. But it's just a big guy as well, nice kid. So, and that's what you need for yeah, Poppendall. Yeah. There's a ton yeah. of pedaling. There's a lot of backside, so you got to be a big guy and get it moving. So I personally can't call anything for the men. Yeah. Like there's, there's probably Aussies, Isaac probably. Yeah, yeah. Isaac. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, he's going to be in the mix too. I think the the USA guys from I think Cam Wood. He's made the world final there last year. Okay. So he does like that track. So hopefully he can put it in there for Team USA. If Corbin goes, Corbin's another one of those big guys that's been to Papa and all he knows how to ride. It's going to be a really really hard show. The the South Americans are going to be bringing it. Um, 
European Europe obviously as an entire whole, they've all been riding there. They know what to expect out there. They've been racing there for years. So it's going to be a really, really stacked race. And I'm really, really glad that I'm not on the gate. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I love what I remember. I was in Papadol a couple years ago for Team USA. Right. One of our Team USA guys is going down the second straightaway, and he's in second place. Right. He missed one pedal. One pedal because the, the rider in front of him was close. Right. He could have taken one extra pedal and got closer. Mm -hmm. Because he skipped one pedal, and this isn't a moto. This mm -hmm. isn't anything our first round. He went into turn two. He got passed by one guy. That next guy ran him up high. He got high-load by another guy. He came out of that turn not jumping the step up out of the turn. He got last place in a moto. He got last place because he missed one pedal in the second straightaway that led into him getting absolutely swallowed up. That's how hard that World Cup level is right now. If yeah. you make one mistake... You could potentially go from first to, to from podium spot to last. Is there anything you change out? That, I know it's been talked about a million times. And, and is, is it okay now? You think the tracks are good now, or should they be? Dude, I don't think yeah. like it. Just the big hill is what it is. Yeah, like it's yeah. just kind of part of our sport. Whether we like it or not, it it just it's this it's just a BMX track at this point. Yeah. It was really funny because I was talking to Neek about title stuff over here. Yeah. And he goes, "Yeah, I haven't really prepped for a small hill before." Which is beyond me to think like being mm -hmm. like when I started and I'm sure even you, when you started, like we were the first era of supercross riders and to think like, wait, you've never done like a regular, like you don't do regular hills. Right. Like that's all they do. And these younger kids are going to be the same, right? That, yeah. That's yeah, all yeah, they yeah. do. That's yeah. just what they, like they're big hill riders and that's it. So I think it's just part of the culture now. And I think racing is just going so fast. The crashes that you see. It doesn't matter if it was on a traditional hill or a big hill. The guys are just going so fast and pushing their level. I mean, if you want to keep it safer, I guess we could flatten all the jumps and just have a bunch of turns, but that's velodrome, not BMX. Yeah. So yeah. just like in motocross and supercross, you're going to see the guys that are taking big crashes because the bikes are faster, the jumps are bigger. It just, it is what it is. So yeah, everybody's got to pad up and, and be ready to go because you got a lot of hungry people that are ready to go and ready to make something happen out there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it's good racing to watch. I'm looking forward to watching watching Holland and uh, yeah. yeah that'd be cool sorry and again sorry if I sound I've been to the dentist for the last basically the last month I've been in and out the yeah. dentist I'm having major you know just everything crowns we're getting old just, uh, we're falling apart man oh, my teeth really are so I'm, <laughs> I'm in a full yeah so anyway I, my, my speech and everything's been tough but I would have never known yeah well anyway well cool um, alright cool last words Tyler anything else uh, no man Dale thanks for having me on the podcast if anybody wants to hit me up all my social media is at TylerBrown316 feel free to drop me a message say hi if you do want to see my podcast come back let me know and uh, otherwise I'll see you at a BMX track here soon cool thanks Tyler yep see ya